Hello, in this week's show, UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres on Afghanistan and other big problems that need an international effort to fix them. Details from UN Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet on Myanmar's spiral of violence and corruption in South Sudan that's impacting terribly on the country's people. Although there is a little bit of good news from there too, as we'll hear. That's all coming up in this week's UN Catch-Up Dateline Geneva. Thanks for listening. First, the news with Katie Dartford. This is news in brief from the United Nations. Afghanistan's health system is on the brink of collapse, the head of the World Health Organization, WHO, has warned. Speaking from Kabul on Wednesday after a meeting with senior Taliban figures, along with medical professionals and patients, WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said that international funding cuts had forced health providers to decide who to save and who to let die. The development came as the UN's emergency relief chief, Martin Griffiths, announced he was releasing $45 million to support Afghanistan's crumbling healthcare system. In rural areas, meanwhile, the UN Food and Agricultural Organization called for urgent international assistance to safeguard livelihoods. Farmers need seeds for the coming winter wheat season, a mainstay for food security and livelihoods, and a source of more than half of the average daily calorie intake in the country. Violence that has rocked Myanmar following a military coup in February shows alarming signs of escalating into a widespread civil war, UN Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet has warned. At the Human Rights Council in Geneva on Thursday, Ms Bachelet said that clashes occur regularly between civilian fighters and government forces in many areas of the country where conflict has not been seen in generations. At the same time, the state military, known as the Tatmadaw, has conducted offences in Magwe and Sagang regions and in Chin State, reportedly killing villagers and burning houses, the High Commissioner said. I appeal once again to all armed actors to respect human rights and ensure that civilians and civilian structures are protected. Use of airstrikes and artillery in residential areas and any form of military operation that targets health centres, places of worship, schools or other protected structure must immediately cease. Presenting a new report on Myanmar to the Council, Ms Bachelet explained that it detailed many serious violations on human rights and international humanitarian law. Several of these violations may amount to crimes against humanity or war crimes, she added. Staying with the Human Rights Council, which has heard how a peaceful future for South Sudan continues to be plagued by violence and corruption. Delivering an update to the forum in Geneva, Deputy UN High Commissioner for Human Rights Nada al-Nashith highlighted staggering levels of localised violence. She attributed this to community-based militias who were responsible for almost all killings, injuries, abductions and sexual violence between April and June this year. According to the UN mission in South Sudan, the three-month period saw 585 people killed, 305 injured and thousands forcibly displaced throughout the country, particularly in Jongli and the Greater Pibor Administrative Area. In addition to its human rights work, UNMIS also promotes good relations between South Sudan's ethnic groups. On Tuesday, it unveiled a community centre where it plans to host peace discussions. Here's local resident Alice Charlies from Yambio in western Equatoria state. We appreciate UNMIS for constructing this peace centre for us. We are eager for peace in our country. We have suffered enough conflict, running from place to place in fear of our lives. 
our children are suffering. We really need a durable peace. Also reporting to the Human Rights Council in Geneva, the Commission of Human Rights in South Sudan maintained that South Sudan's leaders have continued to divert staggering amounts of money from the country's public coffers and resources. The result has been to undermine human rights and endanger people's security in the country, the Commission said, after finding that more than $73 million has been siphoned off since 2018. Katie Dartford, UN News. Thanks to Katie Dartford for the news and now to New York, where country presidents and prime ministers have been attending the slimmed-down UN General Assembly, the biggest annual multilateral gathering in the world. The UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has had a hug from at least one leader, but it's not all warm embraces, as the UN chief told the organization's 193 member states that they're being too slow in sorting out the world's existential climate crisis. It's code red for humanity, he said. But there's other urgent problems to deal with, not least Afghanistan, since the Taliban takeover on the 15th of August. Here he is talking about the UN's priorities in the country with UN News's Assumpta Masoy. The situation is unpredictable. And our duty is to engage. To engage based on what we can deliver. And what we can deliver is essentially humanitarian aid at the present moment and to engage in order to uh, explain to the Taliban how important it is for them to have an inclusive government of all the different ethnicities. Women must be able to work, girls must be able to have all levels of education, and at the same time to cooperate with the international community fighting terrorism in an effective way. And then we need to mobilize the international community to provide humanitarian aid. Why do you hold this strong conviction that multilateralism is the only sure way forward for our world today? Well, look what has happened to our world. A virus has defeated the world. More than one year and a half after everything started, we still have the virus spreading everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we see a dramatic impact on the lives of people, a dramatic increase in inequalities, economies in extremely difficult situations, and of course the most vulnerable suffering enormously. We need to solve the problem multilaterally, mm -hmm. bringing everybody together, mm -hmm. but we need to have multilateral institutions with a stronger capacity of governance in order to be able to prevent and in order to be able to solve the challenges that we face. And we if we talk about climate, mm -hmm. it is the same. Mm -hmm. We are on the verge of the abyss and the truth is that the objective very clearly fixed by the scientific community that mm -hmm. temperatures should not go above 1.5 degrees mm -hmm. until the end of the century. We are risking not to be able to do it because countries are not cooperating among themselves. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of mistrust between developed countries, developing countries. There is a north-south divide that is making it difficult for all to assume commitments to reduce emissions in order to have a drastic reduction in the next decade mm -hmm. or to reach carbon neutrality in 2050. So we need a strengthened multilateralism. What actions do you wish to see implemented to ensure that gender equality is a reality by 2030? This is a question of power. Power today in the world is still essentially concentrated on men. And we need the men that understand that only with full gender equality the world will improve and the problems will be solved. We need those men to engage effectively in the fight for gender equality. We need to have women and men in full equality where decisions are taken. You've warned recently that events in Afghanistan 
could also influence what happens next in certain volatile hotspots in Africa in particular, where extremist ideology is driving uh, conflict. Could you please explain how you see this? I think one looks at a situation like the Sahel, I'm very worried. And we see the terrorist groups emboldened by the situation in Afghanistan, the victory of the Taliban. I think it's time to really rally efforts to make sure that we create an effective security mechanism in the Sahel. That is why I've been always advocating for a strong African force by the African Union together with the regional organizations mm -hmm. with support from the Security Council and the uh, Chapter 7 resolution and with contributions, mandatory contributions to guarantee that that force will be effectively supported. But then we also know that a military force is not enough. We need to have development, we need to fight the impact of climate change and we need to do everything to improve the governance of the area. So we need really to boost our efforts and I appeal the international community to fully support it in the different dimensions, in the security dimension, in the development dimension, in the humanitarian dimension, in the governance and human rights dimension. And if we do it, we will be able to defeat terrorism in the Sahel. Then the same can be said about other parts of Africa. What more can the UN do to make the world a more secure place? Well, the biggest problem today is the lack of trust, and especially the lack of trust among the big powers. You see that in the difficulties of the Security Council to take adequate decisions mm -hmm. to address the different crises in the world. And uh, with this division, with this divide among the big powers, with this lack of trust, what we, we see is an environment of impunity. People think they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So we need to rebuild trust among those that have more influence in world affairs to be able to cooperate in order to make sure that we are able to unite the international community in addressing the crises that are multiplying now. Now the general debate is next week, Mr. Secretary General. Do you have any message or what is your key message to the world leaders as they are coming next well, week? Well, my main message is it's time to ring the alarm bell. We are on the verge of a precipice and we are moving in the wrong direction. Look at the vaccination look at uh, the difficulties in bringing together all countries to make sure that we make COP26 a success. Look at the multiplication of conflicts we have witnessed in the last few months. Uh, we need to change course and we need to wake up. So my message to the leaders, wake up, change course, unite, and let's try to defeat the enormous challenges we are facing today. Thanks to Assumpta Masoy there from New York for interviewing the Secretary-General. On Wednesday, he welcomed new climate action commitments by Presidents Xi and Biden that the U.S. is to significantly increase climate financing to $11.4 billion a year. Remember, we want to see developed countries spend $100 billion a year on this. And also that China will stop financing coal-fired power plants abroad and redirect its support to green and low-carbon energy. But there's no time to be complacent, as we know, because, as the UN chief said, based on present national emissions reduction commitments, the world is on a catastrophic pathway to 2.7 degrees of heating. We need decisive action. And that's why I'm turning to regular guest Solange Bejotegui Cortez for the answers. Actually, that's the big ask, isn't it, Solange? So just your thoughts, really, on how we can keep this one and a half degree goal of the Paris Agreement within reach. Hi, Solange. Hola, Daniel. Do you remember this Aymara word, Daniel? I do. <laughs> one day you will say it. It's one of the longest words in the world. 
with 36 letters and 14 syllables. It means we are compelled to communicate. For me, this unique word captures the spirit of the indigenous people, but it also represents the vision of the United Nations. We are all in this together. It is an inspiration for multilateralism. And as a, the Secretary General Antonio Guterres just said, multilateralism is the only solution. It has become a necessity to deal with multiple global crises we are experiencing. Climate change, gender inequality, pandemics, war. Afghanistan is living dark and silent days. As we said in a recent podcast, women and even birds have lost the will to sing. The only hope of giving them back their voices is to show that the multilateral face of the world can produce results. The path will be as long as the Aymara world, but communication opens windows to dialogue between different cultures. Sometimes each person is a country, diverse, complex, contradictory. Fernando Pessoa was a remarkable Portuguese poet with a multitude of literary identities. Each of us is a multitude of selves, he thought. He believed life is a constant conversation among our different identities. I recall the title of one of his books, O Livro do Desassossego, The Book of Disquiet. As long as women in Afghanistan cannot study like men, as long as they do not come out of the shadows without having their identities oppressed, all women in the world will live in a permanent state of disquiet. This is so sego. In the last few weeks, Afghan women have lost 20 years of small victories. The road will be long and we have to find common paths, but multilateralism is the infinite discussion in a lifetime of conversation. Yes, Solange, agreed. And thank you so much for that uh, poetic reference as ever. The theme of talking and of peace and compromise has been on many people's minds here at UN Geneva this week, where the annual peace talks took place on Tuesday, which was the International Day of Peace. I met the former Afghan mayor Zarifa Ghaffari, who recently fled the country, and she told me that she wants to talk to the Taliban and represent all women in her country. We'll hear more from her next week. That's all we have time for now. My thanks to you, Solange, for your comments, Katie Dartford, too, for reading the news, and you listeners. Don't forget, if you want more headlines, stories, and interviews, just check out UN News. We'll be back next week. Bye bye for now. Hasta pronto, Daniel. Hasta pronto a todos y a todas. Hello again. Before I sign off, here's news of a brand new audio series you might like. It's the UN Climate Podcast, No Denying It. It features young climate changemakers from across our warming planet who show us how we can make a positive impact in our daily lives. Listen in wherever you get your podcasts every Thursday from the 26th of August. Young people from the first time in several centuries, they don't believe that their life will be better than their father's. There's no denying it. Stopping climate change is simple. 
we need to stop digging up fossil fuels and burning them just to get energy. Our current climate crisis is directly linked to colonization when we think of colonization as a system that's always thinking about extraction. It's hard to focus on individual rights or our wealth inequality if literally they can't breathe the air or there's fires pushing them out of their communities or their home. Quitting our addiction to fossil fuels is going to take solutions in every industry, at every scale, in every nation on the planet. It's not because of CO2. It's because we approached the planet with an unbalanced worldview. And so, of course, eventually, the world became unbalanced. So if we can take some lessons and teachings from indigenous cultures, if we as individuals can hold a balanced view in our minds, then it's just a matter of time before the world balances as well. Our vision is to be able to replicate this process in every part of the world that there is sea and fishermen. It made you understand your place better, made you feel really humble and want to work a lot to preserve the well-being of this plant that has existed so many ages. No denying it, the UN Climate Action Podcast brings you the voices of young climate changemakers from across our warming planet. These activists, engineers, and entrepreneurs show us how we can make big changes in our homes, our jobs, where we vote and pray, and with our family and friends. I believe everyone is put in this world for a purpose. And my purpose was always to create a dent in the universe by impacting the environment space. That is my purpose. We all have to start somewhere, but the important thing is to get started. There's no denying it. Find No Denying It, the United Nations Climate Action Podcast, wherever you listen.